0: to go today to, uh, first Samuel chapter four and, uh, look there this morning for a few moments. And, uh, I don't, uh, I'll try not to hold you too long. That'd be all right. I want you to get back tonight and, uh, But I want to keep you long enough for him to get the road salted. All right. First Samuel chapter four, we begin reading here and it says in verse 15 that Eli was 98 years old and his eyes were dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle and fled today from the battle line, and he said, what happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people, and also your two sons. Hophni and Phinehas are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Then it happened when he made mention of the Ark of God that Eli fell off the the seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck was broken and he died. For the man was old and heavy and he had judged Israel 40 years. Now his daughter-in-law Phineas's wife was with child due to be delivered, and when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured, and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth, for her labor pains came upon her. And about the time of her death, the woman who stood by her said to her, do not fear, For you have born a son, but she did not answer, nor did she regard it. Then she named the child Ichabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. Amen. I want to talk to you today about presence. presence. You may say, well, pastor, you preach a lot about that. That's because it's so important. We had a powerful service, a prayer time this past Wednesday night. God met with us in a special way, began to speak to us prophetically about some things that are taking place, not only uh, individually but corporately. And so it was an exciting time. And one of the things he spoke to us about is about the importance of his presence. And so I began to, uh, on that presence and him speaking to us on Wednesday night, I began to look at this here today. And um, so I thought we'd just do a little Bible study today. Is that all right? Just do a little Bible study. Israel is in a dark time spiritually of their lives. Eli, the high priest, is 80 or 98 years old, and he is blind. I don't think that he's just talking to us uh, about his physical, but I believe he is speaking to us another dimension or another level that spiritually he is no longer has vision. He no longer has perception. He is no longer the visionary or seeing what God is wanting to do. He's... He's 98 years old. His two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are not fit to be spiritual leaders. They're they're living wicked, sinful lives, not just privately, but publicly. The ark of God, which represents his presence, was no longer respected. It was no longer revered. It was no longer held in high regard. It just became uh, to the... Uh, children of Israel, the ark, which was a representation, it was not the presence of God, but a representation of the presence of God, right? But it became a, 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 a uh, rabbit's foot. It became a lucky charm. It became a good luck that would ward off the evil and, and cause them to win battles. That's what the ark came became to Israel. There was no longer no honor or respect to revere for the presence of God. It was just something that caused them to have good luck in times of battle. In chapter 4, Israel had gone into battle with fear filled Philistine army. The army of the enemy had fear in their hearts because they had already heard about the God of Israel, right? They had already heard how that they destroyed all of their enemies. And now they engage in this battle with the Philistine army. And and the Philistines overtake Israel and took the Ark of God. And the Bible says that Hophni and Phinehas were among those who were dead. The messenger now comes And tells Eli, this 98-year-old man who is blind and the scripture says he is overweight. And when he tells him that his sons are dead, the Bible does not say anything or give any record or account of an expression in which Eli was to give. It seems as though that somehow or another that he wasn't moved too much by his, his his. the news that his sons had died in battle. But it does indicate and makes it significantly uh, clear that when they tell Eli the enemy has taken the ark of God, it is when he falls backward and he dies. Anytime that leadership falls backward, it always affects those who are following the enemy wants to make sure that when you fall, that you always fall back and don't fall forward. And so if he can get the, the leadership to fall backward, then it will cause everyone who is following them to become in chaos. And this is where Israel was at. They were in a place of chaos. They were in a place of of turmoil because they had already been uh, this time without the presence of God just him being a lucky charm or being a representation of his presence and now we see that, that the, the one that is leading them even though that he is old and he is blind and he can no longer carry out the duties of a priest he is the one who is leading them and he is now dead Not only is he dead, but the next generation that is supposed to become the priest, right? Even though they were not spiritually leaders and fit for to be spiritual leaders, they were to be the next generation of leaders. Now they find that they are dead as well. Hophni and Phinehas are gone. And the spiritual leader that has lost his vision and cannot lead any longer now he is dead but the future leadership spiritual leadership is now dead and so you can see the state of Israel and where it is and it quickly becomes the perception it quickly becomes the perception of Israel that God is also dead Phineas's wife was with child And upon receiving the news of her husband and her father-in-law and the ark of God, she went into labor. And the Bible says that when she went into labor, that she has this child. And her last words were to name the child Ichabod. The glory of God has departed. Right? This is where Israel is at. Now... The Philistines took the ark of God and they put the same in the same house with their God, Dagon. Right. And whenever they put their God, uh, the ark in the house where Dagon, their God was, the Bible said he kept falling over. Right. And we just sang that song just a moment ago. There's nothing else, nothing that can stand against our God. There's no other name, right, given in heaven whereby men must be saved. He is El Elyon, the most high God. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. But you see, when they put the ark, the, the representation of the presence of God into the house where Dagon was, the Bible said that it kept falling toward the ark. In other words, it was bowing down. To our God. He was bowing down to the Lord God Almighty, right? And so he keeps falling down. He he falls on his face and they pick him up and they place him back up in the corner again. They prop him up. Ain't that something? Have to prop up your God. Amen. They had to prop him up. They, he falls over again, and this time his head and his hands fall off. Amen. Now, there's a lot of preaching, there's a lot of prophetic right there about that he, he, his head falls off, his hands are falling off, all is left is his body. And what we, when we look at this, we see that he keeps on until there's nothing left of this God. And aren't you glad today that we have a God that isn't ha- doesn't have to be propped up? That we have a God today that has, that is not made of wood or made of stone or made of gold or silver. But he is a God. The Bible said he has ears that can hear. He has. He said you're not so far that his hands cannot reach you. He's got eyes that's looking to and fro across the earth. He is looking all over the world. And this God is that we serve is a living God. Amen. And so you should never worship a God that you have. Have to pick up. Amen. Amen. He falls again and, and his hands, his head falls off and, and it speaks to us today that there's nothing that can stand in the presence of Jehovah God. And I'm thankful today that we have that kind of God that is able to reach us. He is able to see us. He is able to hear us and he is able to speak to us. Amen. Everywhere the ark went, it affects Everything, everywhere the ark went, it affects everything. The ark affects, uh, not in a good way, but still affects everything. It did not affect in a good way those who were worshiping idol gods. Those who had false gods that they were serving in the presence of God. It brought uh, so, so much trouble. It brought sickness. It brought death. It, it, the Bible talks about that, that all of these things took place wherever the presence of God, where the ark of God was to go, that trouble would come upon those people who were not serving God, who had other idols, who were worshiping other gods. We see that all of these, these plagues would come, all of the sickness would come. And, and, the, and the ark was there and they said, we've got to get rid of this box. Amen. We, we can't have this box around here anymore. There's something more than just the box, but it's the representation of the presence of God. And there's something powerful here. Right. And our gods can't handle it. It's it's Israel's God and we need to get it back to them. And so the scripture says that they took the ark and they put it on a wagon And they got them two milk cows and they tied those milk cows to the wagon. They pointed it in the direction of Israel and they hit those cows and said, Get out of here. Right? And and we see that this is a way that they handled the presence of God, the ark of God. But yet David tries this and he lost his best friend. Why is it that 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 Philistines can get away with it but David couldn't get away with it well it's because of this to whom much is given much is required let's try it another way he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin right and so David knew better he knew that this was the representation, this is the presence of God as it were in the earth at this time. And so David knew better and he could not handle the presence of God or the, 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 what uh, represented the presence of God in such a manner. And so he had to honor and respect it. Last week I said that in the desert the enemy will try to get you to treat something common as if it were precious. But I want to say to you today that in good times the enemy will try to get you to treat something that is precious and special as though it were common. And that's what the enemy did to them. Here the ark, the representation of the presence of God in the earth at this time was the ark of God. And they took it and made it common. They made it something that was not special. They did not honor, revere, or respect. Can I tell you today, anything you honor will not be a blessing to you. Anything you do not honor will not be a blessing to you. Anything that you disrespect will not be a blessing to you. Amen. It's, it's like this. Some people say they, they uh, you know, the healing ministry. and People say, well, that's, that's a bunch of baloney and make jokes and make fun of, of minist- healing ministries. Well, you don't have to ever worry about getting healed. Because it ain't going to come to you. Amen. If you make, if you uh, disregard, you disrespect. But what you honor brings a blessing to you. Amen. What you honor brings a blessing to you, and so and I, that's what I found out a long time ago. And and whenever I first started ministering, this is just a side note; won't cost you nothing extra. All right, but whenever I started. Preaching, the first thing that I told the Lord whenever I accepted the call to ministry, like I had a choice, is that I said, "I, I, uh, I'm not going overseas, not doing that." But how I many know God don't tell you the whole picture? And so, some years later, He put in my heart to go into missions, and so. What I did is I understand this principle of honoring respect. And so that is whenever uh, I got in contact with the good friend of mine. and, And you know him in this house of Pastor Jonathan Morgan. And so the first time that I went, he was in missions. He was doing that. And I went and I served him. I did everything that I could to be able to be a blessing to him and to serve him. And as a result of being a blessing and ministering to that gift, God began to open doors for us. Amen. Praise God. And so what you honor will be drawn to you. What you dishonor will move from you. And the children of Israel did not honor the presence of God And so, therefore, it it, it was moved from them. Right? But whenever they honor, when you respect that thing, the gift of God, the presence of God, it will be drawn to you. Am I making sense today? And so, you cannot, in good times, take that which is precious and make it common. You have to honor and respect the presence of God. And so I submit to you today that God has not departed from Israel. He was still with Israel. He was still God. He was still showing his power. And, and everywhere the ark went, it shifted things. Everywhere the ark went. The ark, went everywhere that it went, the presence of God was. And it affected everywhere that it went. Now, it did not affect it in the way of blessing. Because you can God is a good God. Can you say amen? amen? God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. And God is a God that blesses his people. But hear me today, God cannot continue, the, the, the continual favor and blessing of God cannot be upon your life whenever you are living in a life of sin. The umbrella of grace and mercy can, for a season, show his goodness and his kindness in our life. And if we're not careful, the umbrella of grace and mercy we will take it as if it is okay to continue to do that thing that we've been doing because we're still receiving the blessing of God. But I'm telling you, that is not the will of God. That is the grace of God. And so we have to make changes, we have to shift some things, we have to work out some things so that we find ourselves in a place where we are not uh, causing the the presence of God to be removed from us, but we are causing the presence of God to be drawn to us. What uh, What draws God to where you are? The Bible said that He inhabits the praises of His people. Whenever we are worshipers, whenever we are people that bless his name, when we are people that glorify him, you can can begin to speak his word and begin to sing songs of praise and adoration. He, He loves people that worship. He loves people that rejoice. He loves to be in the presence of people that will honor his presence. Right? And so we have to understand that today and we submit today that it was not that God departed from Israel. God was his presence was still in the earth, but it was because of the sin of Israel. That they were no longer being blessed the way they had been blessed in the past. They were no longer able to rejoice like they had rejoiced over their enemies because of the fact that they were no longer honoring the God who gave them victory over their enemies. Amen. The problem that Israel had uh, then is much like the problem we have today. And that is that we have to submit ourselves before the mighty hand of God. We have to humble ourselves before the hand of God. We are doing uh, something in this uh, season that, that has been unprecedented in the American church. And that is that we want to live the way we want to live, but we want the blessing of God. And it just does not work. I said it doesn't work. We have to submit ourselves to a lifestyle of his presence. And so we have to yield ourselves. You don't, you don't hear any messages today on holiness. You don't hear no messages today on living right. You don't hear any messages today on sin because all of that offends people. How about that? Amen? Now, I don't care what kind of gospel. Paul said if if even an angel come to you and preach any other gospel than this, let him be accursed. I don't care how you want to read this scripture. If it doesn't offend you, then you ain't reading it right. Amen? Amen? And it don't even matter how long you've been saved or if you're not saved at all. If you read this book, it will bring offense to you. Why? Because for a man to be saved, for a man, woman, boy or girl to be saved doesn't matter the gender. But if, for a person to be saved, there must be a conflict in the soul the soul of man there must be a conflict there must be a war that takes place where that it is the the will of god versus the will of man and there has to be a war there has to come a conclusion in the a soul of every person that believes upon the Lord Jesus Christ that it that there is no way to heaven except through Jesus Christ there has to be a, a war and an understanding that comes that says that I'm not good enough on my own but it is his grace and his mercy that saves one from their sins it has to be a war and a confrontation in the, flat, in the soul of man that says that I have sinned and come short of the glory of God and so therefore I need an advocate I need somebody to save me because I cannot save myself right and so I come to that conclusion that I cannot save myself and I need Jesus I need the blood I need a redeemer I need the cross of Calvary in my life that will crucify myself take up the cross and follow after him and say it's not I that lives but Christ that now lives in me that has given me the hope of glory Amen? And so the problem that Israel had is is much like we have today. Isn't that a mess? Over 2,000 years ago, and we're still dealing with the same issues. Amen? Dealing with the same issues. I believe, number one, the issue that Israel had was this, was their perception. Israel's perception was wrong because the way we perceive things today becomes our own reality it doesn't mean that it's true but however we perceive a thing we decide that's the way it is right so it doesn't matter if it is true or not because of when we look at it through our lenses when we look through it through our glasses of where we may have uh, been raised how we may have where our upcoming is what we've been through right then we determine our own perception of what is truth and then we make it our own reality when Phineas's wife hears of the bad news that has taken place her husband is dead her brother-in-law is dead, and her father-in-law is dead, and Israel has suffered uh, a loss to their enemies, and the Ark of God is now taken, right? And it was in the middle of this circumstance. Think about it, death all around her. The Ark of God is, is lost. Israel's no longer winning battles. And in the midst of all of this news, she perceives, she makes this perception that God has forsaken us. That God is dead. Let's look at this in verse 20. It says, and about the time of her death, the woman who stood by her said uh, to her, Do not fear, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer, nor did she regard it. Then she named the child Ichabod, saying, This is the reason she's saying, The glory of the Lord has departed from Israel, Because the ark of God has been taken, captured, And because of her father-in-law and her husband. She said, The glory has departed from Israel. This is her perception. This is what she sees. How many could believe that in this time and under these circumstances, we could make some perceptions that's not true? We could, in this situation, we could feel as though God had forsaken us. We could feel as though that God's not for us. We could feel that that because of all of this taking place, that that God is somewhere far off from us. But she is the one that said it. She, She is the one that said it. She is the one that says this. God didn't say that. Holy Spirit didn't say that. She made this determination because of what she is going through. Are you with me? She, get get this, she says this and the last words out of this family's mouth, the the father-in-law, the patriarch is dead, the two sons are dead, and now this this woman that they don't even give a name to here just says it's Phineas's wife. She is the, the last voice of the spiritual leadership of Israel And the last words that they hear before she dies is Ichabod. Ichabod. Now, the curse of this sin of the past two generations has been judged today. Not today, but that day, right? Are you walking with me? We're just having a Bible study here, right? The curse of the sin, the judgment of God, for the past two generations has been, been judged in one day. Eli dies, the previous generation. Hophni and Phineas, the present generation, full of sin and iniquity, has died. Judgment has been pronounced upon them. And now she has the opportunity in the middle of the darkest day of her life. She now has the opportunity to to give Israel a fresh start. And for another generation to rise up and and have the presence of God with them. Because the Bible said that she has a son, right? Right? And so she has this son, gives birth to the next generation, which is a son, which would be the leadership. And and the woman says, don't worry, don't fret, don't, don't be concerned yourself with this, because you just gave birth to a new son. But what did the Bible say? She regarded it not. Are you still with me? The woman says... Today is a brand new day in Israel. You have just given birth to the next generation. The next spiritual leader. But she did not regard it. She did not hear it. She did not accept it. And so in the midst of all of this pain, all of this hurt, all of this chaos, all of this frustration, God gives her a fresh start. But she, she she's, she's experiencing the pain. She's feeling the difficulty. I'm not judging her. I'm just saying what I see. And and she has all of this going on in her life. And, and it's so painful. It's so difficult that, that the blessing of God has come right in the middle of this mess. And she regards it not. And because of her perception, she misses her miracle moment to change the whole nation. Not only to speak blessing over her own son, but brings a curse upon the next generation. Most of the time, our opportunities are accompanied by pain. Most of the time, our opportunities are accompanied by trouble and difficulty and if we're not careful our perception will cause us to miss the moment we will miss that the presence of god is with us we will miss the presence of god is among us in verse 21 she said does not say god said holy spirit said but she said and like much of the new like much like the new testament you remember when the woman with had the issue of blood? For 12 years. It didn't say the Holy Spirit told her. Didn't say God said go. Never even got a word from a prophet. She said in her heart. If I can but touch the hem of his garment. I know I will be made whole. Amen. Now, the Old Testament, this woman chose in her darkness to speak a cursing. How many know there's life and death in the power of the tongue? And so we choose life instead of death. We speak life into the situation. But, but this woman allowed her situation and her perception became, it is a dark day and it's not going to get better. God has left us, Right? But the woman in the New Testament, she goes and says that I, uh, she spent all of her money and she grows worse instead of better. And she says in her heart, in this dark time of her life, if I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, my life will be different forever. Right? And she set a precedence. That when you read the New Testament, you'll find that she's the first one that did that. But later on, you'll find different times in the scripture where that people would just reach out and touch him. And as many as touched him were made whole. Amen. She set everything, That started a new course. She she started something fresh and new that had never been done before. But because she said it in her heart, she changed the way things were. And I want to say today that Israel is without the priest. He is without the next generation of priests. Death is all around. Amen. And the last words that Israel hears from this family that is representing the voice of God in the earth is Ichabod and every time they mention his name for generations every time they would speak and they would mention uh, Ichabod it would remind Israel that God has left you Every birthday party, when they said Ichabod, it would tell them that God has forsaken you. Every time they would mention his name around Israel and speak to him at the well, it would remind Israel, God has forsaken you. And this became the perception of all of Israel. It came out of the pain of one woman, but now it becomes the perception of a whole nation. Amen. God has left you. And for 20 years they lived under this curse. For 20 years they lived under this false perception. How do you know it is false, Pastor? Because the presence of God, wherever it went, it still had power. Wherever it went, it was still defeating their enemies. Wherever it went, it was still affecting everything that it went to. And so it was not the presence of God had departed. It had just not been operation in them because of their sin. And for 20 years, they lived under a curse and they created a false perception that God never left Israel. The ark was gone, but God was not gone. Are you with me today? The ark was gone, but God wasn't gone. Much like Joseph, when Joseph had that coat of many colors, right? He was sporting that coat. He wore it all the time. He wore it to breakfast. He slept in it at night. He wore it out to the field. Wherever he was, he had that coat on that his daddy gave him. It was a coat that represented favor, huh? And he favored him above all of his brothers. You had to know that whenever you gave a boy a coat like that, it was going to draw people's attention. It was also going to draw opposition, right? But we look and we see that that, that Joseph wore that coat for so long that even though they took his coat, they could not take his favor. I want to say to you today that whenever you have wore the coat, when you have wore the blessing of God that everything may not go right in your life but they can't take the favor from you. They can't take the blessing from you. They can't take God from you. Praise God. He's going to be there. He's going to be with you. And when they took him and they put him in a pit but favor brought him out. They took him to Potiphar's house and what happened you know he came second command. They put him in the prison and Like cream he kept rising to the top And the favor of God would bring him out of the prison The enemy wants you to believe That God has forsaken this nation And he's against us and not for us But the devil is a liar We like Israel cannot be blessed by God As long as we continue in our sin And desire to serve other gods But this one thing I know God has not left us He has not forsaken us He is still in fact with us. He's still as powerful today as He's ever been. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is waiting for us to align ourselves again with His presence to cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds, cleanse our lives so that His goodness and His glory and His favor can be shown upon us again in the power of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Because we like Israel, we have, we have continued to have our own idols. We don't carry around little wooden gods, but we got them. Amen. Anything that you give the most of your time to is your God. I'll say that again. Anything you give the most of your time to is your God. And we cannot have any other gods before Him. We're a people that say we want His presence. We're a people that say we want to see miracles. We're a people that say we want to see the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God in the earth, in America. But yet we are people that don't put him first. I said we. Amen. We have made him common. And we can. Uh, we're just having a Bible study, right? We can lamb blast the wicked vow sinners and say, look how bad they are. They don't honor God. They disrespect God. But what about you and I that come up in the house of God in the presence of God's here and we don't even offer him a hand. We don't even give him a praise. I submit to you today and, and, and I'm challenging you because Holy Spirit's challenged me. But I'm submitting to you today. The second is worse than the first. Because we're people of his presence. We are serving him. And when we do not honor him. It's more disrespectful than the wicked. That do not honor him. Amen. So. How can we ever expect. For there to be a deluge an ongoing supernatural release of the spirit of god upon our lives upon the church upon the body if we do not even recognize the scent of his presence you first have to begin with honoring his presence in a small way huh being able that when you sense him, you worship him, you give him praise, you give him honor, you reverence him. Because if we do not honor him in the small things, the small hint of his presence, then how can we expect the full measure of his presence? It will never happen. It will never happen. But When Israel destroyed the false gods, and, and the things that represented it, then the presence of God returned in full measure to the children of Israel. Right? Whenever they turned away from their idol gods, they started getting rid of the, what was it, four or five gods that they were worshiping. When they got rid of those gods, turned them away, then the presence of God in its full measure began to manifest like it used to manifest. Right? And and, and God's saying to us today, you, you you can probably quote it. Most of the church can quote it. But if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from there... Wicked ways. Amen. Just having a little Bible study. There are wicked ways. That means I've got some wicked ways I need to get rid of. You have some wicked ways. You say, well, pastor, are you sinning? No, I'm not talking about having a hoochie mama on the side. I'm talking about not giving God the time he deserves. I'm talking about not honoring Him whenever His presence comes and I'm, I'm, so, I'm so caught up in myself and doing my own thing or maybe even dealing with the pain of the moment that I do not honor Him and give Him praise. Right? That's a wicked way. And so I have to get rid of all of that so that I can know Him in the fullness of His measure. Amen? Amen? When Israel destroyed those false gods, then God began to show himself again. The enemy wants you to believe because you're in a tight place. The spiritual darkness may seem to be around you. That it, and it's overwhelming you that God is dead in your life. But I come to remind you today that God is still alive. Amen. You cannot listen to the past voices. You cannot listen to the crowd. You cannot get caught up in the confusion. You you don't believe the message of Ichabod. Amen. That's a false perception. You have to believe what is true. What is the truth of God? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Amen. He said better is one day in his courts than his ho- other house or another place elsewhere. He, he said that, that that there is a place that you can come to and I want to release my presence into your life. I want to show myself strong to you but we have to be in a place where that God can bless us. So Israel bought into the lie. They bought into the false perception and they went for 20 years, a whole generation went believing that God was dead. I believe that we are living in a generation today that believes God is dead. We are living in a time today when it has been so long since they have seen the manifestation, all they've heard about God. But who is God? Depends on who you ask. Amen. God can be Muhammad. God can be other idol gods that, that are named. God can be yourself. Yeah. You have everything you need within you. You need nobody else. Just release your inner self. There, who, who is God? To you ask. But I'm here today to tell you that America is in this dark place. They're in this place that they have believed Ichabod is true. Huh? but I'm believing that that the presence of God the reality of God will dispel the lie of the enemy and in this generation this generation will see the miraculous again amen you know I'm I'm amazed that and again I'm not I understand that I've been blessed and I've seen some things. But I'm amazed that people that are even in the church today that have never seen the miraculous. And that's not putting people down. I'm, I'm just saying I'm amazed at that. It doesn't mean that... that um, because you haven't seen it that you have lack of faith or none of those other things the Bible says that the miraculous is not for the believers for the unbeliever because we've already believed but whenever you go to, to Africa when you go to South America the, the best way that you can our altar services always begin with, with healing and not salvation because whenever they know somebody in the village that has been crippled all their life and God heals them you got their attention. Whenever you have somebody who is deaf and cannot hear and instantly they, they, they're healed. Whenever you've got a little girl, 12, well, was 12 years old, they brought carrying her into the crusade. Amen. And three days later, she was out playing soccer. She was invalid, couldn't do nothing, couldn't move her hands, couldn't move her feet. And three days later, she's out playing soccer with the other kids. You got their attention. Amen. It's for the unbeliever. It's not that, that God don't heal us, right? Deliver us, do miracles for us. That's, that's because we're in covenant with him. But the witness is for the unbeliever that they might believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, I, I, I don't want to uh, I leave some of this for next week. But I want us to lean in on God. I want us to believe that all things are possible. I want us to lean in on him and believe that he still does exceedingly abundantly above all. I want us to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. Amen. I could preach on, but I I know you got to, you know, get back to the chicken. But God will hide himself from us. Not so we can't find him, but like you remember when you played hide and seek with your kids and you'd hide behind the couch and you'd stick your leave your foot sticking out. So they could find you. Are you hid and and they would know you'd make a little bit of noise just enough so they could find where you are. That's the way God is. God isn't hiding from us to, to say you can't get to me. He is hiding so that he says, if you're passionate for me, if you're tired of the norm, if you're tired of of going through the mundane, if if you're satisfied with what you've got, then that's okay. But I'm looking for somebody that will seek after me. I'm looking for somebody that is not satisfied with normal and and not satisfied with the chaos of the earth. But I'm looking for somebody that will look after me and say, as the deer pants after the waters brook, my soul is longing after you. I want to taste of him and see that he is good and his mercy endures forever. God is looking for somebody that will pursue after him with passion. Amen? Amen. And so today... uh, I want us to understand that and just believe that, grab a hold of that that, that, that it is not so. Ichabod is not so. It was a perception. It was not the reality. Amen. Amen. And because of the perception that became a truth, a whole generation missed out on seeing the presence of God. I believe that's what's happened in America today. We've turned preachers into motivational speakers. We've done away with the power. We no longer need his presence. All we need is performance. Amen. Holy Spirit spoke to me. I believe about a year and a half ago. It's embedded in my mind. In my spirit. He said. The less power there is. The more performance is needed. I want to say the less presence there is, the more performance is needed. Amen. And I don't I don't need another performance. I need presence. Because in his presence, literally anything is possible. In his presence, in his presence, demonic spirits have to go. In His presence, sickness is commanded to be whole. In His presence, the miraculous signs and wonders and miracles, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are in operation and lives are being changed, but it's in His presence. It's not outside of it, it's in His presence where everything is made whole. Amen? I've seen a lot of miracles, I've seen the blessings of God but I've never seen one miracle where there was not worship but in the midst of worship in the midst of praise the presence of God will reveal who he really is amen praise God well is that enough for today the old farmer he said was snowing and the man asked him if he was going to feed his cattle he said yeah I'm gonna feed the cattle some of the cattle come in and he fed them and went to church and just two of them there the preacher asked the farmer he said if um," he said you think I ought to preach he said well pastor he said whenever I went out and fed the cattle he said I fed the cattle and he said um you know, thank you all to preach. He said, okay. So two hours later, the pastor got finished preaching. Asked the old farmer, he said, how'd I do? He said, well, Pastor, he said, I'll tell you. He said, whenever I feed the cattle in the wintertime, he said, I just feed the ones that come in. And he said, if there's only two or three, he said, I just give them one bale. And he said, if the, all of them come, he said, I give them the whole load. You'll get that on the way home. Come on, not give you the whole load today. Is that all right? But is this word all right? Anybody receiving this word today? Amen. Praise God. I do appreciate you being here today, and I do anticipate His presence. Amen. I do anticipate His presence. I, I anticipate Him meeting with us here tonight, six thirty. I hope that you'll come and be a part of that and worship with us. And um, hopefully the weather will cooperate with us and we'll have, uh, we've got some folks on the way to clear the, the uh, parking lot and the hill out here. Also, we'll be having people from the region that will be m- meeting with us here tonight. So uh, come expecting God to do something wonderful. And has anybody got a special need today you would like for us to pray about before we go this morning? Any special needs in the house? Praise God! Everybody's happy. Amen. All right. Glory to God. Well, stand with us, then, please. Pastor Greg, would you come this morning? Just come this morning, amen. So, um, can I share something with you, just real quick? I'll try to take a minute and 10 seconds. All right. Some of the things that is exciting, and uh, God is already opening doors uh, this year. Um, one of the things that that uh, I'm excited about, number one, we're going back to Africa, and uh, we've, we're going to be drilling two wells there. We have already have that money raised, and uh, people that have contributed and give. And uh, the one well that we're have already drilled, uh, there's 2,400 people every day getting water from that well. Amen. <laughs> and so God only knows how long lifespan longer that these, this generation, these kids will be able to live because they have fresh water. And so that's awesome. And we're going to be able, uh, to go back and, and drill two other wells. Um, the, uh, Kellysville Church of God has sent me money for a well the Bradshaw Church of God has sent money for a well and so we're going to be going back there and drilling those wells uh, and honoring that and then the other thing that is exciting to me is is um, without going into great detail uh, about South America South America it seemed that we as you know we had uh, invested a lot of money there we got the hospital up and running we got um the uh, church built, we got the halfway house built for where when they came out of prison they'd learn a skill and all of that and uh, had the, all of that uh, paid for and things were wonderful and um, and just in short, um, uh, in a lack of a better term, we, we were cut out of that and uh, I didn't know how to deal with that so we just began to pray that God would open the door And uh, we didn't have communication. It wasn't it wasn't uh, South America. It was the individuals that we was working with, uh, going in between us. And so, God, uh, we began to pray. I think it was a first prayer service here. Uh, We began to pray and ask God to open that door. And uh, Pastor Carlos over there uh, got a, a man that was able to speak English. He found me on Facebook. He sent me a message. He said, is this Pastor Brian Matthews? And I didn't know who he was, and I said, it depends on who's asking. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, he, then he shot me a picture of he and Pastor Carlos together, and I said, yeah, that's who I am. And uh, so we, uh, he said, can we have a, a uh, FaceTime call or whatever, what do you call that? Anyways, video call. And so, long story short, during that video call, Pastor Carlos said, I've been praying and believing God that we would be reconnected. I said, I've been praying too. And he said, I want you to come back and preach a a national crusade in in Honduras for us. And so I said, yeah, we're going to do that. And so God's reconnecting that. And I'm excited about South America as well. Amen. Praise God. I don't tell you that to throw stones at nobody, I'm just telling you that it's the best I can say it and explain it to you, and I'm just thankful that God's reopened that door, reconnected us with that ministry, and then I bring Pastor Greg up here today because uh, we've uh, had some more exciting news that we are able now to uh, house some uh, students, residents uh, at uh, Nitro, and so uh, God has opened that, and so we were thankful for that, amen, praise God. Right. So the Lord is blessing us in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. That's our four platforms. We're still standing on them, and God is faithful. And so, Pastor Greg, I want you just to bless the people today, pray over us, and uh, just dismiss us today.
1: Okay. Wow. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your presence. Father, never let us take for granted your presence, but Father, ever draw us to your presence. May our hunger increase and intensify as the moments, seconds, hours, days, and weeks, and months, and years go by, though you tarry, Father, draw us unto you, God. May we seek you diligently, Father, and Father, I thank you for this house, Lord, and I just pray your blessings today upon this church today, Father. I thank you for the things I sense, God, the moving of your presence and your spirit that's moving in this place, God. I thank you, Father, for the generations that are being touched in this house today, God, by the power of your presence. God, ever draw us unto you, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. I thank you, Father, for the leader of this house, God, Pastor Brian and his family, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, for where we're going and what we're doing, God, that you're drawing us to you, God, but you're pulling us and you're moving us out. God, to go to the generations of this earth, Father. And today I just speak your blessings over this congregation. Be with us, Father. Bring us back tonight, God, ready to receive from you, Lord Jesus. Again, a hungering for your presence, God, that ever draws us to you. And I thank you today, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Praise God. God bless you. Be safe. Hope to see you tonight at 630.